All right, uh, we're going to talk about, uh, we're looking at contemporary issues. We're going to look at tattoos, cuttings, and piercings. Now, not against ear piercings, okay? Not that fanatical. My daughter has piercings. Uh, so, uh, in her ears. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about crazy stuff, okay? That's what I'm referring to here. Uh, and uh, I'm not even actually do so much time about piercings as tattoos and cuttings. That's the two biggest ones that uh, we're going to talk about tonight, this evening. Uh, you can't go too far in our community without seeing one of those three things I just mentioned. You can't, you can't go very far at all. And in our North American society, it is all around us. It is all around us. And uh, all kinds of body parts being pierced. Uh, tattoos are very common. And, and the cuttings, so you realize that before the advent of the needles that they use for tattooing now, cuttings was the way of tattooing. They would cut the skin and then put dyes or charcoal, you know, rub it in to have the design. Okay? That's the way they did it. So the cuttings are so connected with tattoos, it's, you can't distinguish them. They're both together. Okay? So uh, can you imagine? So we've all seen these guys or gals at stores or whatever have these big air spools. Is that the way they call them? That, you know, they, they hang way down here. Has anybody else ever seen them? Yeah, of course you have. All right. I, I gotta be honest, like sometimes I think, man, those ears are gonna be flopping in your face when you're 80, you know, just, you get old, it gets flabby, you get, it goes down, you know, it's just gonna be a big hole in their ear when they're 80. Can you imagine explaining that to your grandkids? Alright, so this, all this kind of stuff is going on, and I want us to understand from a biblical perspective what is right and what is wrong, but before we get into that, uh, got some questions. Okay, so do you think, uh, tattoo industry and things in that, Area, so they call it industry. Uh, do you think it's growing? Yes or no? Yes, absolutely. Uh, tattoo, uh, tattoo industry is growing at almost 8% a year. So if you were a businessman and you were seeing an increase of 8% every year, you're in a good business, my friend. Like you're making money. Alright? Or you should be making money. You're seeing that growth. Okay, and they, the experts in this area of growth, business growth, uh, in this area, say that it's going to, this is going to continue for at least a decade. They're thinking that this, they're going to see 8 to 10% growth every year. Uh, so yes or no, is tattoo industry a billion-dollar industry? Yes or no? Yes. $1.6 billion was spent last year in tattoos. And I don't know if that is – I'm pretty sure it's North American-wide. I, I, I didn't think to see if it was just Canada or United States, but – uh, let's just refer to North America. I'm pretty sure that's what it is. Uh, body piercing is almost a billion-dollar industry. I mean, it's just growing and growing. So who's getting tattoos? Anybody want to give me an answer? Like, broadly, I'm not saying your cousin or your uncle. All right, broadly. Uh, what do you think the highest sector? So you're, we're saying uh, children, teenagers, middle age. Seniors, what do you think is the biggest growth sector? Middle age is the biggest growth sector for tattoos. Absolutely. Uh, and where do you think they're from? The city, suburbia, rural? Suburbia is the biggest area of growth in these. I'm not saying that they're not getting in the city. I'm talking about the biggest growth areas, okay? Uh, why do you think people are getting tattoos? Look cool. Fit in. Any other answers? Thoughts? 
There's no real wrong. I mean, I suppose there is a wrong answer here somewhere, but just why, why do you think someone's getting a tattoo? <laughs> yeah, intimidate people. You know, uh, some of the tattoos we see, that's exactly why they have it. That's fair enough. There's definitely people doing it that way, absolutely. Express themselves, yeah. Uh, so the people who run these tattoo shops were actually been asked to ask why they're doing this. And the number one reason, I'm not, this is the number one reason, is because exposure and television. So don't tell me that television doesn't influence people. This is influencing middle-aged people who live in the suburbs, this is the greatest growth sector, to go get tattoos. TV. Wow. I mean, that, I, I mean, and this is from, this is not a Christian perspective I got this from. I found it on the internet searching out, uh, different things about tattoos and what's causing. This is from a secular group saying, this is what the tattoo artists, that's the word they use, shops, are saying they're coming to get these for. Uh, true or false? One third of 25 to 30 year olds have tattoos. One third. True or false? True. Yep, that's true. Uh, so, that's just some questions, kind of get our minds, uh, you know, thinking about this. Uh, to be totally honest, tattoos, cuttings, and piercings have been around since the dawn of civilization. Okay, this is not a, a modern day phenomenon, okay? Uh, pagan cultures have been using these things to identify themselves, to identify their religious beliefs. Uh, cults have used them. Uh, it was a way of marking your slaves' tattoos. It's my property. It's my. It's mine. Okay. Uh, so recently, um, they found a mummy uh, in Egypt. Uh, she was a pri- uh, priestess of Anumit. I think she was a famous uh, god in Egypt culture. So she was dated about 2060 BC. So that's that's a couple moons ago, right? Uh, she was discovered, and her body was covered with tattoos all pointing back to the worship of her God her, and, and, and things of that nature. Uh, more recently, they found an ice man in, uh, I think it's the French Alps, might have been the Swiss, I'm not sure, it really doesn't matter, but back in 1991, I think they call him Odds, uh, the ice man. You can go check him out. You can find him on uh, Wikipedia, whatever. Uh, he actually dates back further to 3370 B.C., and he he was covered with tattoos again. Not as bad as the priestess, but uh, still covered. So back then, uh, it wasn't uh, go to the local tattoo shop. This was themselves doing it and then rubbing in that coal or the ash or whatever into it so people can identify it. Okay, that's, that's the idea of the cuttings back then. All right? Uh, so pagan peoples from all areas were involved with body cuttings, uh, and that resulted in permanent identification, right? That's, that was the whole idea. Uh, and then along with it was the piercings, all kinds of different things, the body parts, uh, and that's happening today as well. And again, it was established to be part of a certain tribe, a religious group, uh, whether tribal or cultic. It was all tied to the religion and their thought process, okay? So uh, I have heard, this is a growing, and I, I picked this on purpose because I have uh, heard numerous famous Preachers, I don't even like to use the word of them because they're not, in my mind, preachers of true gospel anyway. 
getting in pulpits and saying it's absolutely okay for Christians to go get tattoos and whatever you want. Okay, they're, they're saying it. And uh, I'm like, what? You've got to be kidding me. And they say it, and uh, everybody in the church is all excited, like, Yay! Like, what, are you, like, let's be, uh, let's be faithful to the Word of God first, right? Uh, the applause of men, that's as long as it lasts. What's really important is that we're staying faithful to God, right? And what He has to say about, uh, issues and things. Uh, so they, they, in order to get to that position, they throw per, uh, portions of the Word of God. I mean, they toss it to the bin. Alright, so we want to see what the Word of God says. What does it have to say? And it definitely has something to say. So first of all, uh, the first idea here is, well, the whole idea is a Christian, a Christian difference about uh, tattoos, piercings, cuttings. So we really have seen, as I stated at the beginning, a real uh, revitalization of tattoos in our culture. I'm not talking about Christian culture. I'm talking about contemporary, our society that we live. And again, now Christians are getting involved. Churches are saying it's fine, so forth, so on. So is it appropriate for a believer? And I want to examine three principles that I think will really help us. So the first principle is a principle of ownership. Ownership. Uh, the Bible establishes that the Christian belongs to Christ. We are not our own. Uh, we, and so if we're not our own, we're not free to do what we want. That makes sense? Uh, I am, have the responsibility to take care of my children. They just don't go do whatever they want. Now, they'd like to. And if there's chances that they do do it, often it's a disaster. Oh, the reality is I'm responsible. I have to watch out for them. So as believers, uh, we are responsible to the Lord. Romans 4, 8 says, For whether we live... We live unto the Lord, and whether we die, we die in the Lord. Whether we live, therefore, or die, we are the Lord's. So establishing, what's that establishing? Ownership. Who owns us? First uh, Corinthians 6, verse number 19. This is a verse that I've heard people refer to this, and it's absolutely, it's a good application. There's no doubt about that. First Corinthians 6, verse 19. What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you? Which ye have God, and ye are not your own. For ye are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and your spirit, which are God's. So we, we, we've been bought from slavery to sin. Amen? When we get to accept Jesus Christ as Savior, we're bought. We're no longer enslaved to sin. Uh, the Lord didn't purchase you against your will. Have you ever gone into the grocery store and you see that little guy who really wants to buy that... Um, or an ice cream, maybe it's ice cream, maybe cereal. I'm taking cereal for some reason right now. And he doesn't want to leave the store, so mom kind of takes him by the ear, by the scruff of the neck, and hauls him out of the store. Have you ever seen that kind of thing happen? Maybe not cereal, but no, he went not willingly, right? Yeah, he was forced to go. Listen, the Lord didn't force you to accept him as Savior. He leaves that. That's your free choice. It's your free will. So you chose him. So once you chose him, he, he sets you free from that bondage and, he, and, and we, we, because of our free will. Being then made free from sin, you became servants of righteousness. So we were in bondage to sin. Now we are servants of righteousness. We need to do what's right. Look over in Galatians chapter number 5 and verse number 1. Galatians chapter 5 and verse number 1. I want you to look at this verse. It's important. Galatians chapter 5 and verse number 1. Stand fast, therefore, 
in the liberty wherewith Christ have made us free, and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. So some people are using this liberty that's referred to here to go get tattoos. He's I can do whatever I want. I have liberty. The result of being bought with the blood of Jesus Christ that we are given liberty, the idea of liberty is massively messed up today in Christianity. I mean, it's not even close to what it really should be. I'm talking about in a more liberal view. I mean, not every Christian church got it wrong. Absolutely not. Liberty is not the right to do as I please. That's important to understand. It's not to do as you please. Rather, it's a freedom to do as we ought without having to be forced to do it. Say, yes, I, I have liberty to do what's right. Okay, being saved doesn't give me the liberty to go do all these other things that are definitely questionable or if not totally contrary to God's Word. It gives me the liberty to serve Jesus Christ. Because before we got saved, we couldn't serve Him, could we? Because we're lost. Alright, so it's, it goes all back to this ownership. Who owns us? And is Christ. He, he bought us. And uh, we need to be looking at the right way. And uh, listen, so many are abusing this liberty to do all kinds of things that are not appropriate uh, and say, oh, oh hey, uh, I have liberty. I can do this. I can do that. Listen, you need to get back to God's Word and see what, what constraints God has placed on your life because He has not let you do whatever you want. Could you imagine a society where you can do everything you want? You know what it's called? Anarchy. That's what it's called. Because there's no rules. I can do whatever I want. I can do this. I can do that. Hey, liberty is freedom, absolutely. But there's freedom within the constraints of the law. Or what is expected of us. Hey, we have liberty in Canada. We have laws establishing. It protects me. Listen, in a society where there's no laws, do whatever you want. Someone could murder someone and there's no consequences. No, but we have laws to protect us. We have liberty, right? We have freedom. And so with here, we need to understand that God's Word lays out for things that we need to do. First John 5.3 says, For this is the love of God that we keep His commandments, and His commandments are not grievous. They're not harsh. They're not horrible. Uh, God could have programmed us like robots to only do right. But God wanted you and me to choose to love Him. So He gave us that free will. And love is a choice, right? We choose to love. It's voluntary. The nature of love uh, and liberty makes us free moral agents to do as we choose. We can choose evil or we can choose right. right? And as Christians, we need to be choosing what's right. The result of being bought by the blood of Jesus is that we're able, we're free and able to choose that which is right and true. Because we couldn't choose it before we got saved. Do Do you see what I'm trying to say here? Before we were saved, we couldn't choose right or righteousness or because we were lost. We were in bondage to sin. Now that we're set free from bondage, now we can choose what's right. We can do what's, what's glorifying to God. And reality is, in our nature, what do we choose? Wickedness or righteousness? In our own fleshly nature, what do we choose? Wickedness. Sin. That's what our nature is going to default to. And as children of God, we're to glorify God in our bodies, in our spirits, which are Lord's, which is the Lord's, and that's found in Philippians 1.20. And the verse we just saw earlier there in 1 Corinthians 6 talks about the same thing. How, how, how do we glorify God with our bodies uh, must be guided by the Scriptures. Does that make sense? What's going to guide us? God's Word. It always gets back to God's Word, folks. We need to be in it. We need to know it. Uh, so what's going to guide us? 
for what we should do is the scriptures, not the philosophies of men. We need to be really careful about the philosophies of men. You know, what I found about a lot, uh, especially with these, uh, you know, charismatic type preachers and stuff, they get a little bit of truth. They take a verse, they lift it way out of context, so you know the verse is right, and they're like, well, maybe that makes sense, and you kind of follow their thinking, and my goodness, you continue down their thinking, and you are so far away from what the truth is, it is, it actually blows the mind. How far away from the truth we really are, we need to be careful for it. We need to watch out for it. And, and it's super easy to fall prey to it. It's super easy to fall prey to it when we're not in the Word. When we remove ourselves from the Word, when we're not constantly looking in God's Word and reading it and studying it and applying it to our hearts and lives, it's super easy to be deceived about what we hear out there and follow that philosophy. And it gets us in a whole lot of trouble. A massive amount of trouble. And we need to watch out for it. And this... Uh, a reality, it was known to the Lord too. He, he knew this would take place. Colossians chapter 2 verse 8 says, Beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit after the tradition of man, after the rudiments of the world, not after Christ. Isn't that a great verse to help us to live the right way? Absolutely. It's to watch out for the philosophies of man. When we do hear something... We need to put up against God's word. Does it match? Is it compatible? Because God's uh, God's word will always be greater than man's. If you put man's word above the Lord's, you're going to be in big trouble real quick. Okay, what does God's word say? And you can find it out. Listen, this is just not the, the book for the extremely elite or really wise people. This is for everybody. Amen? doesn't matter your age. I mean, get in it and read it. And see what God's Word has to say. So then the question goes to the motivation. We get to the motivation here. Uh, is the reason a Christian considers a tattoo rooted in magnifying God with his or her body? Well, the answer, not hardly. That's not, what is, that's not the motivation. Because God already tells us not to do that. You see, the ownership, you know, let's not do that. You know what the statement I hear so often, and it's growing in the Christian realm as well, it's my body, I'll do with it as I please. Anyone else hear that? Class participation, anybody else? One, Pat, Brother Mark? Okay, a couple of us, okay. Yeah, we, I think we all have heard it. We might have actually have said it sometime too. Alright? And the reality is, that's not a true statement. It's definitely not spiritually motivated. All right, mate. I mean, I can understand that if you're someone's trying to force you to go work out. This is my body. I will do with it as I wish. You back away from the exercise machines. Okay, I get it. Oh, but the reality is, it's not spiritually motivated. If we're going to be students of the Word of God, and are we not exhorted to be students of the Word of God? Yeah, we are. Everyone here this evening in this class, class downstairs, the children over there, we are all admonished by God's Word to be students of it. So good student, he hardly ever studies? No, a good student is in, the, is in his books, right? He's learning. He's applying. He's taking it and applying to his heart's life. So we need to be good students of the Word of God. So as Bible students, we know as Christians, we're not, the, we're not free to do whatever we please or pleases them. I, I believe that's important to understand that. And then it helps us to have the right thought pattern. It's not about me. 
It's about Jesus. It's not about my body. It's about what magnifies the Lord. What encourages the Lord. And, and so then it's much easier to discern uh, the will of God when we're not driven by cultural norms. Because right now, it seems to be a cultural norm, especially if you're in the ages of 25 to 30, because that makes up one-third of all people who have tattoos, that age bracket. And we saw earlier that the growing population, those who are getting the most tattoos, are uh, middle-aged suburbanites. That, that's, that's the cultural norm right now. You, you ever notice cultural norms change all the time? We've got to make sure that we're not being culturally driven, we're not driven by these cultural norms, or our personal desires. Can your personal desire be wrong? Absolutely. Listen, you can have a wrong personal desire even if you're in the Word of God. But if you're outside the Word of God, it's certainly easier to have wrong desires. And we need to make sure our desires match up to the Word of God and what He would on for us. Uh, so we need to watch out for that. And, and as long as uh, those we think that these cultural norms or uh, my personal desires are more elevated than God's Word, we will be, we will be dominated by those things. We won't have liberty over them. We will be held captive by them. So we need to watch out for it and make sure that we're on the right track and doing what God would have for us. And we need to be discerning God's will for our lives. You know, so I'm a pastor, and praise the Lord for it. He called me to be a pastor. But me daily, I ask the Lord, what do you want me to do today? I know there's some things I need to do. What's some things I need to do? Now you get to tell the pastor what to do. All right. I need to read the Word of God. Amen? I need to be praying. I need to be seeking opportunities to minister to others. Uh, I mean, there's, all, there's numerous things that I need to do each and every day. Now, those things, I don't need to think, sit back and say, Now, Lord, do you really want me to read your Word today? Do I? I don't need to do that. I know I need to do that. But there's other things. Lord, is this a good day to go and visit Brother Joe? I mean, he's, he's home, well, he's not homeless, but he's a shut-in, he's senior. Is this a good, Lord, would this work out? We need to be praying for God's will, right? You know, just this week, give you an example. Here's a great example. So just this week, Brother Bianchi fell down, right? Broke his collarbone. Gives me a call. He says, uh, Pastor Alcock, Brother Alcock, can you give me a hand? You know, I'm hurting. I'm like, no problem. Uh, so I'm sitting in my office like, oh man, I need to, I need to help Brother Bianchi. Who am I going to send? And you know who comes to mind? Brother Roger. So I'm like, oh yeah, I can send Brother Roger. I can't send Pastor Matt. He's just getting back from help program. He's going to be totally useless. I mean, don't, oops. He's going to be really tired. You know, he's, I can't send him. And Brother Caleb's still out east. And, uh, so yeah, uh, Brother Roger's the man. I got to send Brother Roger. I get a text from Brother Bianchi this afternoon. He says, oh, I'm so glad you sent Brother Roger. He is such a blessing to our church today. I'm glad I was plugged in the Lord that day. Amen. I sent the right guy, and I think someone got saved there today. Is that right, Brother Roger? Praise the Lord. You know, uh, minister, uh, minister the gospel, and someone gets saved. Well, praise the Lord. The idea is that we need to be in God's Word and soaking it up and looking at Him. What am I supposed to do today, Lord? So the, the idea of asking the Lord for His will is a daily event. All right? I got a little bit off there. We're talking about tattoos, I know. Uh, but the idea is that if... If we're continually asking the Lord, Lord, is it your will for me to get a tattoo? Does that even make sense? No. Well, and we're going to look at a verse in a moment that clearly says it is not. 
All right. So the idea is, you see what I'm trying to lay out here is that we follow. We're asking God, what what would you have for me to do today? Hey, Lord, what would you have for me to do? Do you want me to do this or do you want me to do that? Uh, so the reality is, it's not really a question. We know that it's not going to glorify God. So we see the ownership, uh, and then we see the purpose of the principle of identity. Look over in First Peter, First Peter chapter two and verse number nine. <laughs> so. When we get saved, when we trust Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, an individual believer is to have identifying marks, so, but not tattoos. The, these identifying marks are visible by how we live. Not on our skin, but how we live, how we interact. Uh, so we, we, we need to pursue righteousness. We need to pursue holiness. We need to pursue that which is right. And we need to be reflection of Jesus Christ. So we're praying for Brother Chris, right? Got some serious surgery coming up in September. I mean, it's it's very serious. Cancer, tumor on his kidney. Very serious. I was talking to him after service, after we prayed for him the things this morning. He said, Pastor, he said, people are asking me, how can you be smiling and you know you got cancer? Well, guess what? He's reflecting Jesus Christ, isn't he? And he's like, yeah, well, I trust the Lord. The Lord's taking care of me. He told me he's got a few people raising their eyebrows at him. But he's reflecting Jesus, amen? And that's what all of us are supposed to be doing. And that's, that, that is an identifying mark, but it's not in our skin. It's how we live. Uh, our identity is expressed by conformity to his words, 1 Peter 2, verse 9. But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, that ye shall show forth the praise of him who have called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Now, the word peculiar does not mean weird. I've had some people who said something to me along that way. It's like, no, we're not supposed to be weird. But we're different, amen? We're peculiar. The way we live is definitely peculiar to those around us. It means that we're different in the world in a really noticeable way. Really noticeable. Now, I understand we breathe the same air. Aren't you glad we breathe the same air? We all need air. We we go shopping at Walmart just like what everybody else in the world does, in North American society anyway. Uh, and then, you know, occasionally we go eat at restaurants just like everybody else does. Uh, the idea here is that this idea of worldly in this passage there, that in the world, uh, we're called out of this world, uh, is, you know, we're, is, we're not living an inappropriate life. We're not living like the world. We're peculiar. We're different. Also, showing kindness is different. And really, that's, that's pretty easy to be showing kindness and being gentle towards people. But in our society today, that's unique. That's peculiar. Oh, okay, you're, you're a little different. Now, we're commanded not to conform to this world. You know? So I'm not going to be weird. You know, I'm not going to get the big Coke bottle glasses and come way out here or something like that and you know, do weird hairdo or anything crazy like that. No, but I need to live for Jesus Christ. And if I live for Jesus, I will be peculiar. I will be different in this world. I, I'm going I'm to do it. So what do tattoos, cuttings, and piercings identify with? And with whom? And the reality is there is absolutely no Christian practice of tattooing. It has nothing to do with Christianity. Zip. 
Nothing. You might say, well, pastor, I can get a cross. So, still not Christian in the sense of where it's come from and what it's all about. Uh, you'll find in the ancient pagan peoples in Japan, Polynesia, uh, Hawaii, Egypt, uh, Celtics, Incas, and it goes on and on and on and on. Okay, that's just the way it is. And you can find associated with marking criminals, uh, slaves, sailors, soldiers, uh, circus performers, and then pagan religious leaders. But you never see in the Word of God anywhere where God condones Christians getting tattoos. You don't. You don't see it anywhere. It's not anywhere even in the slightest indicated. Not in a bit. It's always the history of that. And again, the cutting is a precursor. I mean, I know cuttings happen today too, but it's a precursor to what we know today as tattooing, cut, put that stuff in there so it lasts, and they would you know, put more in there type of thing when it washed away. Uh, but all those things associate with pagan cultures. That's what they're associated with. Um, culturally, tattoos in particular have shot up in our last generation. I already mentioned that. And uh, our motivation should never be because that's what the culture is doing. I mean, that's really the wrong thinking for a believer, is it not? These were, our, again, our ownership is the Lord's. We are the Lord's. So where I came from is doing it, so I want to go back to what, the, what I was to do it again. You, you see the, the illogical thought pattern there? Why are you going to go back to it? You stay away from it because you know what it was like. Uh, so we shouldn't go back to it. it we, we shouldn't be going back to the culture that the Lord saved us out of, okay? Uh, and then the principle of command. Look over in Leviticus chapter number 9. Leviticus chapter number 9. Or sorry, 19. I said 9. Leviticus chapter 19, verse number 28. Now this verse is pretty clear. I mean, this is clear. Alright, Leviticus chapter 19, verse number 28 Ye shall not make any cuttings in your flesh for the dead, nor print any marks upon you. I am the Lord. Now, my son Matthew, at nine years old, knows exactly what that means. If I read it to him, he would not have a problem to understand what that is. But there's a whole lot of influential Christian leaders out there trying to say that this verse is totally illegitimate. It doesn't matter now. Do whatever you want. All right. It teaches us specifically not to. And the reality is because it's a totally pagan worship practice. So the content of this chapter, and this is how they try to say, well, no, you shouldn't. This is just for the Old Testament. This was just for Israel. Obviously, this is referring to Israel. There's no doubt about that. Absolutely true. This content, the chapter is concerned with the Israelites. They're coming into the land of promise, right? And there's still a lot of people in the land of promise. They're supposed to drive them out. They did not do that. Uh, but as the Israelites get there, they are being constantly bombarded to what? Conform. Do we remember in the New Testament we talked about to be not conformed to this world? Israel shows up in the land and they're trying to be pressed to conform to that land. As these cultures are working their things, their, their, their ways, and the lifestyle of the Canaanites. 
who, again, were living in the land of promise. And these people lived in total opposite ways than the Lord desires. Absolutely, totally different. And the Israelites were told to refrain from such things. I mean, it's pretty clear, right? You shall not make any cuttings in your flesh for the dead, nor print any marks upon you. I am the Lord. That's plain. It's simple. It's You can't get that one mixed up. It's there. Okay? And again... They did not, a lot of the Israelites did not listen. They got in trouble over that. And then, so like I said today, uh, some would say, well, these laws were just for the Jews. Can you just see the application I just made for you? They moved into Israel, the promised land. They said, do not conform to the Canaanites. The Word of God tells the New Testament, we are not to be conformed to this world. It's a worldly lifestyle. It's the way the world lives. We shouldn't do it either. Do you see the correlation? Class, see the correlation? Yeah, some of you do. Okay, that's good. It's absolutely true. And I know some people don't agree with me, and that's fine. i got no problem with that. I see from the Word of God, and that's what the Word of God says. It's fair. I'm going to do it. And the reality is, again, it's not our liberty to do whatever we want. Our liberty is to serve Jesus Christ. It's to glorify the Lord. Our liberty is not designed for us to fulfill our flesh. It's to serve Jesus. I firmly believe the Bible teaches us to abstain from these things. I mean, they're, they're past... And I, you know, I, I read this verse last week. I read it again this this week. But how many people have I seen? I understand these are lost individuals that they have that marking on their shoulder or on their back, whatever, and it's of the dead. Today, I mean, you see them around. Uh, maybe it's a uh, skull or something, or a dead individual's tattooed. I mean, they're going contrary to the word. Of, but that's Satan, right? He's going to go contrary to whatever God says. He wants to be totally opposite. He wants to go against it. Uh, so we need to understand it's for us. And uh, it's, con- I mean, it's connected, folks. That lifestyle is connected with totally wrong teaching religiously. Right? It's not Christian. It's connected with immorality. Absolutely, those pagan uh, societies and pagan worship were totally immoral. Uh, it, it's, it's a false religion, occult activities... And it represents rebellion. You're like, well, pastor, you're awful old school. Yeah, because that's what the Bible says. And we need to do what the Bible says, amen? It says, no, we're not going to do that. We're not going to be involved with that. So what had happened is if one has got a tattoo and, and you're saved now. Um, my grandfather served in the Second World War and his regiment, in the Second World War Artillery Regiment, they all got tattooed. Okay. And uh, I remember working with my grandpa when I was a kid, and I'm like 12, 14 years old, and he took his shirt off, and he's got this big, ugly-looking thing on his chest now. You know, because that was like 50 years before he got that tattoo put on him. Uh, and uh, so, you know, as 10, 12-year-olds, you, you're asking all kinds of questions like, Hey, Pop, what's that about? What's that funny thing on your chest? I didn't know at the time what it was. I thought maybe he got hurt in the war or maybe he had some kind of crazy surgery or something. I didn't know. And he goes, oh, this is a tattoo I got in the army. And he told me he got it over in London somewhere. And before I could ask another question, he looked, I would never have done it again. His own words. I would never have done this and had my time back. It's totally useless. You know, I was young. I wasn't thinking. You know, uh, tattoos don't go away, right? They don't. They get ugly. You know, I mean, the, the fades and things, they're permanent. They're permanent. Um, so with the growth of all those industry with tattooing and things, you know another industry that's growing? Tattoo removal. 
uh, it's growing massively. It's actually an industry of $700 million in North America last year. That's how much money people are spending to get rid of tattoos. All right? It's actually growing at 20%. That is an outstanding growth rate. That's how people are like, we got to get rid of these things. It's very expensive. It, you know, like everybody's not going to be able to afford this. This is very expensive. Uh, and you know, some can do it, and that's fine. But are you so glad that First John 1 John 1.9 says, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness? So if you did get saved and you have a tattoo, you ask the Lord forgive you, done, it's free. You don't have to worry about it. You know, I'm not saying you got to go get a spend whatever kind of money to get it removed or anything. No, I'm not saying that. If you, if you want to, it's fine. But it's not a requirement by the Lord to do that. Uh, and the reality is that we need to uh, be watching out uh, for that influence. And I've you know, got to be honest, when I was doing up that research and I found out that middle-aged people, which is me, that's how I make up that category, suburbia, that's me, I live in a suburb, are being influenced to get tattoos because of what they see on TV. I was like, wow. I mean, I know it's true. I mean, I, I pretty, pretty, I'm pretty sure I preached it. But it really struck home to see that these people are doing this because they're influenced by the television and everything. I'm like, you know what? i got to make sure I'm an influence for righteousness. I need to make sure. And I can be gracious, and I need to be. I, I need to be loving. Absolutely. But I don't. I can encourage people not to make that mistake. It's just like, no, let's not do that. That's not a good idea. And I can encourage my children not to do that. I can encourage your children not to do that. I can encourage our church not to do that. And you can as well. You can encourage my children. No, that's not a right thing to do. Or other people's children. That's not a right thing to do from God's Word. You can do it loving and graciously. And we're being faithful to the Word of God. Now, I understand that uh, a lot of uh, Christians who have a more liberal mindset would be very much against everything I just said tonight. That's fine. I'm okay. Because I want to be faithful to the Word of God. And I don't see any escape clause on this. That's what the Word of God says, and that's what we need to be doing. You know, and following Him wherever He leads. And seeing what He would have for us. So again, we don't. if we make that mistake, ask the Lord to forgive us, He'll take care of us. He'll, he'll, he'll forgive us. But it uh, doesn't remove the tattoo, does it? Wherever it is. We're, we're, we're forgiven? Absolutely. But does, it is a marker, a reminder of, you know, of sin, lack of a better word, because we're not supposed to do that. And like, don't go home now in a few minutes like, oh, Pastor can't stand me because I have a tattoo. No, it's nothing like that. But we need to make sure that we're laying out the guidelines for our families and for our church. Amen? What does the Word of God have to say about it? Because at the end of the day, what the Word of God has to say, it trumps what anybody else has to say about it. Uh, uh, if anything, in our churches, in our Christian lives, we need to be in God's Word more now than ever. Get in it and see what it says. And then apply those principles to our hearts and lives. All right. So we have a memory verse. And it's the last one we just looked at. In Leviticus chapter 19, verse 28. We got it up there. All right. So we'll read through this three times. And uh, then we'll be dismissed. Uh, so let's uh, start. Leviticus 19.28. So follow me. 
Ye shall not make any cuttings in your flesh for the dead, nor print any marks upon you. I am the Lord. Leviticus 19.28 Ye shall not make any cuttings in your flesh for the dead, nor print any marks upon you. I am the Lord. Leviticus 19.28 Ye shall not make any cuttings in your flesh for the dead, nor print any marks upon you. I am the Lord. All right, I've got a couple more minutes. Any questions? We got it all covered. I love it when the class got it all covered. All right, if you do have questions after it, you're more than willing. I'm more than willing to listen, and you can come talk to me. I hope you know that you can come talk to me anytime. I'm, I'm going to listen. Uh, I'll be. I mean, I might not necessarily agree with you, but I'm going to listen. Okay, I want to help you as best I can. Let's pray. And we'll be dismissed. Dear Jesus, thank you uh, for another time to be in your Word, and Lord, help us as individual believers uh, not to be. Uh, conforming to this world, Lord, help us not to be following the uh, cultural norms that are outside of what the Bible says, and help us to stand for truth in this day. I pray these things in your holy and precious name. Amen.